So let me start off by welcoming our guests to episode 39 of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. First of all, we have David Gregory. David, how are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. What's your day been like? enjoyable afternoon. Well, yeah. it's, uh, we set off at 10 o'clock because we had to drive over. We took a neighbour who uh, is a Rotherham United fan. Her late husband was a season ticket holder, but she's a lovely, lovely lady. I'm not sure she enjoyed the trip back as much as she enjoyed the trip over, but uh, it, for her as well, it was uh, homage for a husband because obviously he, he would have been there if he'd have been able bless her and we also have another Gregory in the house Victoria Gregory from Chicago in the US of A Victoria how are you I'm very good thank you how's everything been going for you Vic uh, really good nice uh, break for the Christmas and New Year holidays and back in the office tomorrow oh dear oh dear well we've got someone else here with us Walter Smith. Walter Smith, how are you, mate? Very well indeed. Uh, fantastic, fabulous start for all blues, uh, near and far, for 2019. It's all, Two great results. It's go- all going swimmingly, and we're here tonight to talk about this latest one. Manchester City 7, Rotherham United nil in the third round of the FA Cup. We haven't won that one in a while. That was an incredibly strong lineup, Walter, wasn't it? I wasn't expecting anything like that, although eight changes had been made from the game on Thursday night. Were you expecting him to put out quite such a strong lineup? If you look at the start performance from the other night, you look at Bernardo Fernandinho, you look at Company and Aguero, none of these boys were starting. But yeah, I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised, should I say, when I saw the lineup and uh, the strength of the lineup. I just thought Pep's just uh, throwing caution to the wind here and saying he's showing the club and the fans and everybody else that, yeah, He's in this to win it. Guys, let me just uh, run through that lineup uh, for you, just as a quick reminder. So we've got Ederson, Walker, Stones and Otamendi, Zinchenko, De Bruyne, Gundogan, Foden, Mares, Gabby J and Raheem Sterling. Victoria, were you watching that with the uh, Chicago MCFC contingent? It was, yeah. It was a, an early early start for us. It was an 8am kickoff, so early, down to the pub. Uh, we had a good turnout. Yeah, good uh, good morning. Were the guys over there surprised by just how strong that lineup was? I think it was a little bit 50-50 with the group. Um, a few people, yeah, were a little surprised. But, you know, as I pointed out, Pep wants to win this and um, he's going all out. So why not put up, a, put up a strong team? It's an important competition. David, you're old school. I imagine you were... <laughs> yeah, it shows respect. Yeah. It shows respect for both the competition and for the opponents. And I think when the, the I mean, I, I'm 
was coming out of the the club, the sports club, with some Rotherham people, and he said, "Have you seen that lineup? Oh my God!" He said, "We're not going to get a kick." Um, but all too often, you know, people can sort of underrate their opposition. And I mean, I know what I'd do as a manager if I saw a you know a lineup of. Well, I'd take it to my team and say, "That's what they think of you." They think they can put, you know, third string players out and you're just going to... And he showed respect to both. And I'm, I'm, I think he, he deserves and the, the commendation that should come that way. You know, not, not put out a weakened team, put out a quality team. And let's face it, you know, result aside, you don't know that at two o'clock what the result's going to be. I think he's uh, nailed his colours very firmly to the mast. Any competition, we're here to win it. Might have been slightly different if we hadn't got the Carabao Cup. I thought he might have put Moritz in tonight, uh, today, and but he's clearly that's who he's going to put in his um, Carabao Cup lineup, Moritz. But no, I, I was very impressed and delighted with the lineup. Uh, Walter, it's. I think we might have uh, played KDB back into a little bit of form. It was only 90 seconds in, and he dinked a beautiful, beautiful little cross uh, over for Gabby J. He just couldn't make the correct contact. Did get a goal later in the game, but uh, how did you feel about the 67 minutes that uh, KDB got tonight? Just a different level, isn't he? You know, when you talk about... He plays a different sport to everybody else. He's got that um, the matrix effect where time is different to Kevin De Bruyne than it is to every other player that's around him. He sees space. I mean, I know if certainly if I was a City forward or if I was in that City team, as soon as Kevin De Bruyne gets the ball, be making a run into space. That if you do make these runs, you are going to be found. You know, you're not just wasting energy. I mean, I felt for Gabby in that that Kevin De Bruyne got the ball over to him, and you can see Gabby James getting up to head the ball, but the other player comes underneath him, the the Robin player, and it just shifts his body slightly, and then he he fell down, and I don't know if it was quite evident from the the television or not, or whether the television highlighted it, but you could tell that whatever way he fell, he rattled his body and he was struggling for quite some time to get into the rhythm of the game after that. And, you know, he's there trying to take his opportunity to say, yes, manager, yes, manager, you can pick me above Aguero if the time comes. But then you've got, you you feel like your body's being rattled at the same time. You know, and one thing I will sort of comment on Gabby Jesus, because I know a couple of people around me were digging him out for his missus, his work rate today was phenomenal. And he was he was putting his head where others would fear to stick the boot. So he certainly added a lot towards the um, the overall performance of the team rather than just he got his one tapping, but he did he did have a funny one where he shot it against his own leg. Uh, Victoria, lovely little goal to get us uh, started uh, on the, in the twelfth minute, created by Kevin Dupont. Lovely little shift of the feet from Raheem Sterling, just turned twenty four years old. He looks confident now, doesn't he? Oh yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, we knew we were buying a good player when we bought him, but yeah, these last half dozen games or so yeah his confidence his ability to move forward and what he's doing I think now it's just making sure that ball falls for him and it gets in the back of the net I think there's times when he does need to be a little bit more selfish and go for the goals himself and not I know it's the way the team are playing and the strikers play to be looking up and looking for who else is there but I think there are times when Sterling just needs to be a little bit selfish with some of those opportunities Mm -hmm. Seven goals in total there was nothing between minute 12 and minute 43 David how did you think we were playing for the majority of that first half really seemed from the uh, television highlights that I was watching they were pretty much camped in 
in their half for the for the whole time they were defending for their yeah. lives. Yeah, we're, I think we were playing within ourselves, and it was you know play the ball around, wait for the opportunity if it comes. Uh, they were getting in the way of stuff. They were working very very hard. I was quite impressed with their um, centre back, big tall lad. I thought he, he had a very very good game, and the lad up front, the Smith, I think it was tw- number twenty four. He was lively throughout. If you if you you know gave him something to run onto, he'd have a go. And they they played very well. Have a lot time for their manager um i see a bit more coverage over here about him and he's a very impressive chap um and i think he's got a team that is, is playing for him um as much as anything else which it's, is is always nice to see paul warren i think his name is they're struggling a, a bit in the championship i think 21st that's really their concern david isn't it it's staying oh up, yes staying yes, up. yes yes yeah yeah and and in a way we've probably um done them a favor uh, enable them to focus on uh, what what is important and the league has to be important i mean fa cup if if you know let's play with all due respect to rotherham they're not going to win it so it becomes a distraction it can of course help you the other way if you're winning at cup ties it might spin off into your league form but i, I don't think they expected a great deal else out of the day and a, a, a huge turn there's over six thousand of them came over Uh, which is, again, very impressive turnout. And they all seem to enjoy themselves, up to a point. (laughs) (laughs) Victoria, 43rd minute, Phil Foden. Did he mean that? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, (laughs) 100%. Great to see him get that goal. Very well deserved and certainly, hopefully... We'll be seeing many more of those from him. I think that's his first goal at the Etihad. Yeah. Walter, I'm going to take issue with Victoria. How did uh, how did you see that one exactly? Tell you what, uh, first of all, I thought it was a fantastic uh, run by um, Bowden to get into that sort of area. And I thought it was an even better ball by uh, Gundogan, who I thought was man of the match. Uh, the way he just could see the, the, the movement that Bowden was making and then just to ping the ball straight across to him. I felt it was a bad first touch. I think it was. Uh, it came off his foot and just nicely went into the back of the net for him. And it's that kind of look that I'd like to see. I was laughing at the time because obviously we'd scored and it puts you in good humour. But I was just hoping that some of that kind of good luck can rub off on uh, Gabby Jesus because sometimes he just seems to be unlucky in front of goals where you've got this Foden who, to be fair... It, the old count it's the same as you get the same for the 30 yard scream as you do for uh, what it was a perfect goal goal and he was there today to, to watch it so I don't think he meant it but who cares David two or three minutes later I see it recorded as 45 plus one on the clock their player Ajayi puts the ball in, in the net uh, same question as the earlier one to Victoria did he mean that? <laughs> um, I would say he had very very little option to do anything else mm. uh, there was a, a strange um, situation where the linesman on the far side from where I was sitting had to be replaced it was it was late-ish into the incident when somebody said well, I think it was my wife said, there's no linesman on the other side because we weren't aware of what was going on. It was sort of, uh, it stopped the play. It was a goal kick to us. I think in a way that sort of, that extra few minutes bought us that change because in the, the, the time, literally the time added on uh, was when we scored the two goals. Had that lad not put it in his net, Sterling would have done. And you know you've got Sterling there. There's very little else you could do. I feel so sorry for him because he, he actually had a pretty good game. But nothing you could do. The keeper was taken out of it. 
Um, it's going to hit you and go in rather than anything else. And as I say, if it didn't hit you, it would hit a City player and go in. But you, you deserve the breaks. You create the chances. You've got to do, you just go with it. You know, leg it down there and throw a, ball, throw a ball in as fast as you possibly can. You put the ball in the penalty area, something is likely to happen. And that's exactly what we did. And it put um, a gloss onto the half, which I don't think the half had actually deserved. I remember a while back, it was, you know, the, the comment of, when you're playing Manchester City, you stay in the game as long as you can. You know, if it's if you're only one nil down with 15 minutes to go, that's when you unleash your sort of. Sort of um, maybe at that point, if they'd have gone in one nil down, they'd have been over the moon. So it's uh, it, it actually put a, put a bit of a tint on the game, which hasn't really deserved. Walter, after the game, Pep was despite the goal um, and despite the usual incredible line, he was a little bit critical of Phil Foden and how he started it. He apparently missed a few passes. Is that how you saw it? I thought Phil was um, pretty much full of vim and, and energy in that uh, first half. But Pep was a little bit critical. How did you see it? it made me laugh. Is that for some strange reason, he had three Oldham fans sat next to me who seems to be very giddy towards the end of the game because one of their players got a winner. And um, one, of the, one of the lads turned to the other and went, Dad, Bowden's not done much, has he? And he went, give it time, son. Give it time. And about two minutes later, that's when he got his goal. And I thought he played well in the second half. I thought that goal was there to give pick, picked him up. Uh, as far as the own goal went, if memory serves me correctly, the ball came out and Walker gets the ball and then carries on his run. And Mares lays it off beautifully for him. And then he puts a great ball into the tunnel of chaos. And again, the defender just had no option because he's running on his shoulder. So it's just one of them where... And I felt sorry for him because I thought he was their best player. But um, yeah, Foden, we can see... We all want Foden to be in the... I mean, ultimately, we want him starting every single game and playing out of his skin. But we don't see him training day in, day out. I find it very hard for... I was having this discussion with someone on the way to the game. It's very hard for English players now to break through, especially at these top clubs, because you've got... Uh, I mean, let's have a look at the, the game the other night, you know, uh, the Liverpool and City game. If you're starting youngsters, and it doesn't matter if it's that game or any other game that City are involved in now and they're responsible for losing you points, that can cost you the title. And that's exactly the same, I'd say, at Tottenham and exactly the same at Liverpool. You know, some of the other clubs, that's just for us, but other clubs are then fighting for that fourth Champions League spot. So it's very hard to, to blood these youngsters in. And I can see a big exodus, and I'm going off, off points slightly, but I can see a big exodus of what I would think is the English youth players going to foreign teams to go and learn the trade. I think this is going to become quite a regular feature because the academy system seems to be working well and there's other clubs around the world who will be looking on with envious eyes at the talent that's coming through. So to, I don't want to be overcritical of Foden because I thought, again, he grew into the game. But that first half, before his goal, yeah, I, I think he was uh, a little bit sloppy. But then for a young man on any stage, just to say, Bryce, this is my chance, this is my opportunity, I can't bowl this up. That's um, Also, I mean, with all this Stockport yester stuff, stuff thrown around like confetti, this is a hell of a lot of pressure on a young man. He's not, he's not even a young man, is he? You know, he's a kid. You know, he was doing his GCSEs not so long ago. If we burden him with too much pressure... 
We want him. Hopefully, he got him behind the scenes, give him a big sloppy kiss and pat his bum like Ali Peck could do and get away with out of sexual harassment charges. He would. Um, I hope he bigged him up when he got him in on private. And you're right, actually, Walter. That was a, a wonderful fizzed-in ball from Kyle Walker. Victoria, he's taken a lot of flack recently. Uh, how do you think that uh, Walker made out in this game? And uh, have has he played himself back into Pep's plans, do you feel? I think he's getting there. I think I saw like a couple of passes that didn't go particularly well today, but... You know, he's played an awful lot of games from the World Cup onwards. And, you know, I think every player can go through a little bit of a, a down curve for a few matches and should be allowed that. I know I certainly don't turn up to work every single day and give 100%. Um, what? And I know <laughs> I'm a little bit different when you're getting paid the salaries they are. But you know, it's a slight downtick in form. I don't think it should be pulled apart too much and overanalyzed to too much extent. I think it's just, you know, getting back onto form and getting the minutes in, playing games and, and you know, doing some good stuff. Saw some good stuff today. Saw a couple of things that weren't great, but, you know, I thought we put in a good shift. Clean sheet. Mm, yeah, clean sheet. David, um, I don't really have too much more to say about that first half because, I mean, the goal fest really happened in the second half, but um, have we missed anything um, that needs to be commented on in that first half, do you feel? Yeah, you know, as I said, the, the, the gloss was the two goals at the end, and both in, in their own way. So slightly fortuitous, I suppose. Um, but when you are attacking that's what happens if you're on the front foot and you fizz those balls in you know the deflection or the the, the little touch that doesn't work um no i think we we earned and and grafted in a way for that that it was wasn't the silky skills that we might have expected to get us there but you know, all credit to Rotherham. They were there to make it as hard as they possibly could for us. Got to have a word about Gabby J. I mean, nothing seems to be going right for that guy. But finally, finally, um, seven minutes, I think it was, into the second half. Raheem, I thought Raheem almost scored that goal himself. But he um, put it right on a plate for uh, Gabriel and he couldn't really miss from there. Uh, Victoria. I mean, do how, how do you feel about Gabby J? What, what's, what's the issue there with him? Oh, I don't know. I mean, is it similar, you know, with the confidence thing or it's a difficult one because he's still young. I think he's still got a lot of promise. He's, you know, scored a goal today. I think that always helps. Again, don't like to be too overly critical and overanalyze players if they haven't had a really great game because at the end of the day, if we all win, then there's the benefit in, in kind of picking out one player for something. But in um, in Chicago, we, we didn't have it with us today, actually. We have a religious icon calendar, a candle that we put Gabby's uh, picture onto. We like during games, but we actually didn't have it today, uh, but he still managed to score. Yeah, that reminds me a little bit about those a, a journalists, and um, I think every time they they say the name Nuno Espirito Santo, they they genuflect and cross themselves. It's quite funny, actually. But um, what about Gabriel Jesus, Walter? He didn't really celebrate too much with that goal. Struggling a wee bit, isn't he? It depends how good critical you want to be. I mean, as a backup striker, I can't think of too many in the Premier League that are better. Um, this is a young kid, and especially better in terms of potential as well. Um, I just think, for the goal today, he's what, the thing I do love about him is, no matter what his performance, he's always 100%. He is busted a gut all the time. He's tracking back, he's making a nuisance of himself. So he adds a lot more than just goals to the team. And if you look at Pep Guardiola and his previous lives, he's not always had a straight-out number nine either. So 
I, Pep's happy with him. Bloody hell, I'm happy with him. Look at that. You've got seven different goal scorers. And in amongst that, he has created mayhem in that penalty area. How many of those goals could you say, Gabby had a, not a foot or a hand in or whatever, but because you're there, it's like that run that takes the defender away and creates a gap for somebody else. And that's that's the workload that he's doing. You know, you sent a half and say, we've got this Brazilian lad, you've got to really keep an eye on him. And while you're doing that, somebody sneaks up on the other side and, and does you. So Gabby, Gabby is not a concern. I think he's... His best years are way, way in front of him. Um, And possibly because so many people thought that he was going to be the immediate replacement for Sergio, which is not happening yet. In another couple of years, he'll be two years older and two years better. Okay, so 20 minute spell with no goals, but there's a bit of a flurry at the end. And the next one was from Riyad Mahrez. Walter, tell me about that one. It's uh, it's one of them where Gundogan. I mean, Gundogan for me was one of the match. It's one of them times you see a player that's uh, just clean and tidy on the ball. Um, we're stringing things together nicely. The guy behind me was a bit. I thought he was a bit harsh when he said, "Well, he only looks good because he's found his level." But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I tended to disagree with him slightly, just because. Um, Gundogan made that goal. If you look at where he's got the ball, he's got no real option but to sort of lay it off nicely into the path of Mares. And um, Mares used it like a trigger and just banged it into the back of the net. And um, I was happy for him because, again, the beauty of getting seven different goal, goal scorers is you've got seven players there whose confidence should be boosted. And when they're called upon any time into that first team, you know, Pep takes them side. Last time you were out, you got this goal and it was fantastic. Um, to have that many players to call upon is only great for the club when you know things are going to get tricky in in January and February. Cool customer play by Gundogan. Four assists for Gundogan today. Yeah, yeah. I think if if you can look at the say the the two goals at the end of the first half were a little bit fortuitous. The four goals in the second <laughs> half were all crafted. Um, and more like we expect. And at no point did Rotherham throw the towel in. Rotherham was still doing doing the best that they could. So, and and you know, Championship is only the one low, level lower than we are. And there's some very good players in the Championship. And on that showing, I would think Rotherham should stay in the Championship. Uh, Victoria, only five minutes later, came the next one. Nicholas Otamendi, and I think that if uh, Ben Mendy had been tweeting on this, I think uh, we would have seen the bullet header phrase come out again. That was a that was he attacked that with some venom and wonderful, wonderful goal that one. How, how did that go down with the Chicago Blues? Oh, I mean that was head must be made of granite the way it kind yeah. of came off, and there was no stopping that. Um, yeah, we couldn't believe the power that, from his forehead for that for that to go in but yeah in very impressive goal yeah it wouldn't take you to be head-butted by Otamendi yeah David what did you think of, <laughs> what, what did you think well, about that one I wanted to know if the people in Chicago actually sang scored from a corner we're gonna we don't I've said before we don't we don't make enough goals from corners but if we're gonna only gonna have a few I'll have a few like that have you not made what that a- have you not made that song happen in the states yet uh, David yeah, it's uh, we we. That's what I was saying. I was going to make sure they were singing it because yeah. we weren't there to to, to lead it. Um, no, but I mean we don't. We, we some of the corners we take. You're thinking, you know, from a side as we're not we're not big lads, but 
That was absolutely stunning. And, you know, we've got four keepers in there and they wouldn't have got anywhere near that. <laughs> absolutely. What did you think about that one, Walter? Well, we, did, you, did you take out half the stand with your celebration, as, as is your want? <laughs> no, it was quite a subdued atmosphere in many respects. But I think it was, it just goes to show you how big the game was on Thursday. Um, there was a lot of people certainly sat around me for the cup games, as is their right, because season ticket holders uh, have to buy the extra tickets. A lot just don't seem to bother. So, you know, there's a lot of school kids there. There was a lot of... Um, as I said, I had three lads from Oldham, so if I start jumping around on everyone, I'll probably get arrested. So, no, no, no. I reserved that for Thursday night, I think I did. <laughs> Leroy Sane, five minutes before the end. It was getting a bit confusing, David, because they, they brought on a guy called Philippe Sandler at one point, and they yeah. they kind of look quite similar, don't they, from, from behind anyway. From a distance, yeah. Yeah, yeah from a yeah. distance. Um, how did that goal develop? A typical Leroy, cut inside, see some space and hit it. I think it took um, a deflection off one of their defenders on en route. But again, a, a, a stunning shot from Leroy. You know, to follow up from what he did on Thursday. Like, yes, you'll do for me. When we had we had a fantastic seat, which we'd bought purely by chance, just behind the dugouts. Well, we found it. <laughs> so when we on, but it was a cracking view. And the, I mean, I'd have had to have stood up and maybe walked a pace or two but all the subs were just a couple of paces away from where we were sat. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say he looks too much like Leroy. He's got a little bit of curly hair, but I was pleased to see him get on. And he was over the moon to get on as well. He was warming up and uh, Pep called him back and he could he, he just didn't didn't quite give a skip and say, yes, yes, gave me a chance. But, you know, again, shows, shows the the skills and the man management of Pep to give this lad a, a run out there, which was lovely. Victoria... We've we've talked before about this wonderful uh, Twitter account called Bored Ederson. He was very very bored during this game. He was tweeting out, "It's I'm I'm back to being bored again. I'm uh, and I'm loving it." But he did uh, was called upon to make a great save just in the in the dying stages. There, did you did you remember that? It was like a, I think the player was Michael Smith. Yeah, I did comment that I wondered whether he was just playing Candy Crush through most of the match. <laughs> Because uh, he didn't have a great deal being challenged. But I think once um, we've scored seven goals, but that uh, got a resounding touchdown shout from the uh, from us in Chicago. Uh, is that uh, how they do it? But you could see poor, uh, poor Rotherham's goalkeeper at that point was just like, is this game going to be over soon? Like, <laughs> when's it going to be 90 minutes? You just see him thinking like, come on, this is... Uh, this is enough now. This is brutal. Um, Edison, I don't think we expected him to do a huge amount today. Uh, I do think overall, I mean, yeah, you know, it was a 7-0 scoreline, but I do think overall Rotherham actually played well. I think they, they, they did say early on in the first half, in similar to what we've done with some other teams, is, you know, they were trying to keep pace with running around at how much the City players do. And I think a team like Rotherham aren't going to be able to keep that up for 90 minutes. Walter, how were the the crowd reacting to this game? Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but it's kind of like when the third and the fourth goal went in, after all of the drama, we were all drained after the Liverpool game. Were the City fan base as up for this one? I mean, the, the, the tension before Liverpool was palpable. And I don't think... I said one in 50 might have been tense about this game because about 4-0, I was thinking, you know, I, I live over that side. I'm taking somebody back. 
enough now, lads. And then they started singing, where were you when you were shit? I said, well, if you're going to be disrespectful, you're going to get the hammer, <laughs> which is what we gave them. <laughs> okay. Well, Walter, no need for goal line technology in this game, eh? Seven. Uh, the first time we've scored seven in an FA Cup tie since 1968, I'm reading. Don't remember that myself. Wasn't born. But um, what did you think, Walter? Nice, satisfactory, job done kind of performance, wasn't it? Leroy Sane scored the seventh goal. I was expecting um, a tweet off Michael Cox saying Rotherham were the better team because it took a deflection <laughs> when it went in. <laughs> and um, I was looking at, I mean, Philip, is it, what was his name? Philip um, Sandler. He came on, he was very giddy, like a, like a child in a, in a sweet shop almost. I couldn't figure out what position he was trying to play. Cause he don't, think he was, don't think he could either. No, he was, he, he was there in... Um, I think Pep just went, go on, oh, where, where do we go, boss? Do you see yourself? <laughs> Anywhere you want to go. But it was a, it's a performance that we needed, I think. And if you want to get a team to be confident and to have that ability to have belief in themselves that, yes, we're going to score, the best way to do it is going out and scoring a shed load of goals. And that can only be a good thing when we get down to the nitty-gritty and we're getting into a tight corner into a tight spot where we need goals. And almost that muscle memory of us scoring lots of goals, these things are going to happen. I mean, just to go back to the other night, you know, you were talking, for me, that was the best atmosphere the Etihad. I thought from minute one to minute 90, the place was absolutely bouncing. You know, um, Pep was there with his arms swinging him in the air every time. You could feel a slight lull. Pep was getting his arms like the conductor that he is, and he was sort of getting the crowd to get, get more involved. And I think if Liverpool played how they played the other night, they would have beaten any other team in the country. And I think if City played the way the other night, they would have beaten any other team in the country, including Liverpool. And you were looking at it, it almost reminded me, and I wanted to use a movie reference because I know you like them, Mike. Do you remember the end of Rocky Two, where you've got Apollo Creed and Rocky just hammering each other? And it's these sort of last blows, and then they both knock each other down. And on the count of nine, Rocky gets up and... You know, you see the referee just coming over and going, you're out. And it was a little bit like that in terms of these are the two best teams in the country and who rightly number one and two. And, and they showed a level of attitude, aggression that they're going to need to have for the rest of this season. Because I'm telling you, no matter what way you cut the mustard and no matter what shout the fans put on Twitter, as a team, they're a good team. And they're, they're going to take some overhauling. You know, we've got four points and it could have been 13 before the Southampton game with a, a completely inferior goal difference. So to get seven now against Rotherham, I think it's a, a blessing for City to try and get some momentum going. So we can, I mean, it's all about momentum. And I bet Klopp sat there almost scratching his head thinking, well, what team do we put out? Because if you put uh, a poor team out against Wolves, one thing that's going to happen is the momentum. That's two games on the bounce they've lost. Now, does that then start to affect the league form? only time will tell so, or will he put in a strong like we've done uh, you know a strong side and hopefully try and team himself to the next phase of the cup or is he just not bothered about the FA Cup because he's just dreaming of European nights and lifting the Premier League like Liverpool have been doing for many a year but that's a, a conundrum he's got to deal with and Pep's got to deal with the conundrums or the, you know the situations and the um, the obstacles that we've got to deal with over the, over the coming months but without in any way being disrespectful they were a great team the other night but we just showed we wanted it that bit more and you look at the width of that ball that cost, cost them the game 
Uh, two words I keep hearing, I find margins. What made me laugh is when you I saw it go over, and you could see Anthony Taylor just there looking at his watch, and then he, he looked at it four times just to see, did it buzz? You know, he's like, he's sort of intent. It's almost like a guy on a first date with a woman turning up late, and he's just got him constantly looking at his watch, thinking, where is she? That was Anthony Taylor during that game when the, when the ball went over the line. So... You know, we've got a formidable opponent. Um, the, the other good thing that it does do for the neutral is that you've kept that. I mean, as far as people going about City walking away with the league and City have ruined it and blah, 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 the narrative that was starting to be formed, City have kept that league interesting for the next for the next few games at least because if we'd have lost that and they'd have gone 10 points clear, are you going to pull that back? You know, it's going to take... A bit, it's going to take a couple of Stevie G slippy, slippy moments. Who sound born slippy? Some 90s underworld. Um, underworld. Thank you. For the next three months, <laughs> we're going to get that sort of lead back. So, what I mean, that was the best game of football I've seen at the ground where you're just talking about two elite teams. So, we're talking about Guardiola and Klopp. I brought the best teams I've ever seen to the Etihad, not only with City and Liverpool, but the two German teams as mm. well. We've got a formidable fight in our hands, and yeah, you know, bring it on. We're going to have some but, enjoyable, nervy moments. Yeah. You think about mindset. One team went into that game to win it, the other went into that game not to lose it. But that's, that, that's you can completely see that because they were a team, if they got the draw, there were still seven points. Oh, yeah, quite. And you know, do you know that tricky situation where you got you get a one nil winner, you know, in the Champions League, and you've got to go away. And people criticise Pep, I suppose, when they say, "Well, he went to Monaco and he, he had all these goals, you know, big lead, and both teams scored six goals, and we went out on the away goals." But people criticise him, saying, "You know, he should learn more." I think he has learned a little bit more when I look at how he took the game to Anfield. And there's no way you can say shut up shop, but he certainly played a different game. And I think he played a different game the other night against Liverpool as well, where you've got Danilo and Laporte, who were the fullbacks who were not Mendy and Walker, and they were not bombing on. They were there to, right, you've got the four at the back here, you've got three lads with unbelievable talent to look after. And that's your job tonight, first and foremost. Going forward is a bonus instead of looking at it the other way around. And yeah. it paid off for him and it paid off handsomely. But how does he move that mindset now to playing Wolves tomorrow night? Do you go there to win the game or do you go there to hopefully? And that if, you know, is, is he going to sacrifice? Well, that's not easy. I can answer that question if you straight off the bat. You look at his team sheet. And you look at the team sheet and you know what, exactly what Pop's thinking. Uh, the other is, I mean, what... The, it can be, are, yeah. It can be, but I mean, they, they turned over Tottenham 3-1 at Wembley. So we, we're playing them in the league at our place next. In a week's, yeah, um, a week's time. And it's got to get into the heads of the players that were on that pitch. This is, the, this is what I want from you. This is, and that nastiness and that bite because we've been bullied out of the game in recent times you know whether you want to call it kicked off the park or whatever we were there saying when you kick me I'm going to kick you back harder and it's the first time I've seen a pet body on the team do that and not uh, not show you know you get certain players who when they get kicked they roll around the floor and then they're moaning for a bit but the player that always gets on your nerves is the player that gets kicked gets up and runs straight back at you and they're the ones that you hurt an opponent opponent by scoring goals against them that's the best way but we've been and that's why I think he picked his ultra Brexit 
uh, midfield of you know, just these sort of hard-working not journeymen because that's a, that sounds, that's a bit of a disservice but you know they, they picked this sort of midfield to, to a combative, combative midfield uh, to run over and reverse with a dude like they did do at Anfield uh, in the uh, Champions League and we when Pep also took him aside and went, lads, this is up to you now. I've coached you. This is what we're going to do. You get, you cannot get bullied. I think that was the message I can imagine that was being relayed. This is what we've done, and this is this is the way to get at them. And you know, Klopp's got a great man, a great record against Guardiola. But this, I thought about it as this is the, was a final in many respects. It was certainly a final for City. I'm hoping Liverpool took it like a final because we know Klopp's got So 12, month, 12 months on and Bernardo Silva is bullying Virgil van Dijk. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, with that player, you could see it. I mean, we're looking at him and we're thinking, it was, it's, I mean, people say it was 14, is it 14 miles or 14 kilometres? Oh, yeah. Eight and a half miles. Right. I, I, thank you very much. So we're talking, uh, you know, a mile every 10 minutes now. That's not a jogging pace with such a short, sharp sprints and high intensity. Um, not just high intensity physically, but high intensity, high intensity, intensity. I've had too much lemonade here. Uh, <laughs> high intensity uh, mental, you know, just to yeah. keep. Yeah. And he was getting knocked about. I remember Virgil van Dijk took a dive with Bernardo, and you could just see. You could, it almost measured on the Richter scale when Van Dyke sort of landed on the ground. He's a, he's a quality player as well. I played to you know Liverpool for going out and spending the big bucks. The guy who should be hung, drawn, and quartered is the City scout who's going up to Celtic each week, looking at Jason Denier and saying yeah, he's, he's playing all right, he's playing all right, and not coming back with his report saying somebody else needs to come up and have a look at this guy because allowing Southampton to pinch him to thirteen million when we were in the market for a centre back, someone needs someone needs a thank you. Yeah. Well, guys, it was very, very gratifying. After such a high-intensity game, I was expecting that, that this might be a bit of a damp squid, but uh, seven goals will do me just nicely. Uh, Victoria, we can't really argue about who was the, the man of the match in this game, can we? Um, for for assists, me, I'll, pro- I'll probably say Ilkay. I well, mean, that's what I'm saying. For assists. In one game, seven different scorers. Yeah. I, I just think he, he was great today. They say about Gundogan that he's not a game changer, David. He looked every bit the game changer in this game, didn't he? Yeah, he's he's had possibly his best game in a city shirt. Um, unfortunately, you know when he when he got uh, well close to the Barcelona one, when he got done by um, Amrabat at Watford, from Watford, when he'd not been with us for very long, and then missed the rest of that season with these uh, really bad injuries, he didn't come back the same player that was there before. And for, for with Pep's philosophy of one touch, move it on, Ilkay often has the extra, the second or third touch before moving it on, which which can slow the build-up down, particularly when you're trying to break at pace. Um, and I don't I don't know and if, if he does it and he's got my support anyway, but is he seeing him as a potential, you know, central defensive? I mean, you, Fernandinho is not, 
it doesn't fit in that defensive. He's, he's a unique specimen who is an, he is an offensive, defensive midfield player because he does it all. And to try to, to sandwich somebody else in there that out of the squad you've got is perhaps asking too much. It, it, I think we may never see the likes of Fernandinho again, sadly. But, you know, when, when he can, some of the stuff he was doing on Thursday where he was, you know, Breaking a move up and the, the next pass is a is a killer ball going forward, you know, and, and it's like Kevin, his football brain is that much further advanced than some. But it took a performance like that from Fernandinho and the Silver uh, Bernardo, that is, and mm. Aguero and company to be that leader at the back to overcome this team that yeah. ultimately is a good team, if you know what mm. I mean. And we're, yeah. we're in for a fight, and luckily. The, I don't know what you call them, just the boys stood up for that fight, if you know what I mean. And that, that's the yeah. most pleasing thing. And they need to carry that on now. Yeah. Well, the, the experience we've got of coming from behind. 2012 and 2014. And six games to go and eight points behind the rags. Oh, did, did, did we win that one against Liverpool? I'm sure I saw the t shirts printed that we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, it's all down sticky lines. Well, guys, we, we have a. A cup semi-final coming up on Wednesday. Man City against Burton Albion. 7.45 kickoff Victoria. What's What time is that going to be in Chicago? That is 1.45pm. Okay, will, that, will, will everybody be at work then? 2.45pm. Hang on, let me get it right. <laughs> uh, no, 1.45pm. Oh yeah, right. we'll be at work. Um, yeah, most people are at work. There's a few people that'll be, as we refer to as our work shirking contingent. It'll be at the pub watching. Um, and then we do have a secondary <laughs> pub downtown, which for the people that work in offices downtown can, are able to nip out to for a, a late lunch or an urgent dentist appointment and uh, so stick how, their head in there and watch match. How does it work for you, Vic? Do you just uh, take sneaky looks at your cell phone every now and again when, when you have a game at that time? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll usually listen to it um, over the listen live functionality on the Man City website that they uh-huh. do on the match day. Uh-huh. Um, Not a dentist to Radio Manchester. Not a dentist appointment. Uh, sometimes it's a dentist appointment. Hope, you're, hope your boss isn't listening. <laughs> I, I remember listening to one a while ago and it was uh, the, the boss pulling this kid aside and saying, um, your grandma is having an awful lot of illnesses and I've noticed that they coincide with City games and the kid says oh my god you don't reckon she's putting it on do you boss <laughs> <laughs> yeah well at least it's, it's it's not as bad as Stephen Ireland with his um, three or four dead grandmothers um, <laughs> are you guys expecting wholesale changes uh, again Walter for this mm-hmm. game against Burton yeah, or will will the team look pretty much like the one that we put out today? Is Pep going to go strong for this one, do you feel? Hey, me personally, I'd go strong for this one. And if you could pull off a 7-0 or a 5-0 or a 4-0, you could put out the Boat from a Blue podcast team and we'd probably still get through. So <laughs> how I'd be looking at it, just try and kill the game in that first first leg. And if you rotate, I mean, if you rotate that squad, no matter what way you rotate it, it's still, we've got enough players of quality to overcome you know, 95% of opponents uh, without having to pull out every single big gun. So, again, trying to predict a pet lineup beforehand, good luck with it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too much depth of squad to predict it. As I read on the City Match Day report today, we had eight changes from last Thursday, and it was still a solid five. It's um, it's a difficult one, but I think it'll be still. I think he's already said that Muric will be in goal. He's already said that's the case, and that's why he wasn't in goal today. Um, but I think again, Pep's gonna go up, go and go all out for winning. Yeah. Every yeah. competition is important. It's, yeah. a, it's a lovely draw to get Burton Albion over two legs. Um, I don't think anyone's expecting anything else than a, a nice little trip to the uh, the final uh, again in the EFL Cup that we're beginning to sort of, I'm not going to say dominate, but we're <laughs> it seems to be our thing now that we roll over this competition. Huh? I know people have booked hotels already. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, well, it would be nice to win the FA Cup, guys, wouldn't it? Because 2011, I think we've won the league three times since we last won that one, but we'll see how that goes. That's all I have on my little bit of paper. Anything else that we need to talk about? We're, we're up just to the R mark, I think, uh, guys. Anything else that we need to throw in on this little pod? Wayne Rooney? Well, that's what I was going to say just before just before we uh, we we got on air. I, I, it's a I, misunderstanding. Victoria was saying it was nigh on nothing. Really, you could you could you could walk out of your door and be a bit of the worst for the wear and get arrested. Um, for yeah, that. Pu- public intoxication at airport. So it's a little bit without knowing the full story. I mean, you could just have, you know say something naughty to a TSA agent and get done for that. Well, and you know who I am. It happened. It's not like it was last night. So I, I mean. In this has all come out because it's in public records. So I think it's a bit of a nothing story. As funny as it is, I well, don't think it's involved. a nothing story. Is it like a $25 fine? You've got to explain to me this thing. I mean, I was always wondering, is it legal? Well, I mean, obviously it is, but I was thinking, is it legal to like publish people's um, mug shots in, in, on the media? I mean, Yeah, it's uh, public record, yeah. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. You can go onto Chicago Police as a website and you can go and have a look at the arrest reports and see everybody's mugshots. And there's a few websites to do like mugshot of the week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's public record, so it's available to anybody to, to look at. It's illegal in the UK, isn't it? They You, you never see that in in Britain, do you? As far as I can well, I think until, well, I think it's until you're convicted <laughs> of a crime. Uh, but no, here it's a, an arrest record is public public knowledge i think we yeah. need to wrap it up so we'll do that in fact guys by just uh, uh expressing our gratitude to first of all walter smith walter thank you very much thank you very much all the best for the rest of 2019 my fellow blue brothers and sisters and we're going to say thank you very much to david gregory thank you david oh my pleasure it's a thoroughly enjoyable afternoon and a nice chat in the evening superb and also to victoria gregory thank you very much vic for coming on thank you it's been a good few days and long may it continue okay we'll leave it there and say have one on us and up the blues I love it,